We are called to live faithfully for Jesus 168 hours a week. Welcome to the Faith 168 Podcast with Brandon and Chris. Welcome to the Faith 168 Podcast, a weekly faith-filled podcast that aims to inspire and encourage you on your walk with Christ. Each episode is designed to explore different aspects of Christianity, from biblical teachings to personal testimonies, to help you deepen your understanding in relationship with God. Whether you're a new believer or a seasoned Christian, our podcast is a place where you can feel supported, challenged, and empowered. So join us every Friday as we delve into the Word of God and share stories of faith, hope, and love. Thank you for tuning in to the Faith 168 Podcast. My name is Chris, and I'm here once more with my co-host, Brandon. Brother Brandon, it's a pleasure to record another episode with you, my brother. Introduce us to the topic at hand today. Well, in today's episode, we are going to talk about swearing. Oh. Yes, sir. (laughs) And it's not what you might think. We're not going to talk about the use of four-letter profanity words, which I won't give any examples of. But we're going to talk about the issue of swearing and making oaths to Mm -hmm. make ourselves and our words seem more believable. Mm -hmm. Now, this may seem like something we are never guilty of because, technically speaking, I can't remember the last time I took an oath. Mm -hmm. But it is actually a sin that we are more susceptible to than we might think, as we're going to see when we dive into this passage. And the passage we're going to look at is really small. It's James 5, verse 12. Mm-hmm. And while it's a small verse in Scripture, it actually has a lot to say about our character, our integrity, and the words that we say. Mm-hmm. And it encourages us. This passage encourages us to be so trustworthy as Christians that a simple yes or no from our lips is all that people need to believe us. Right. Now, many of our listeners may be able to relate to this, but I do remember using a lot of swear phrases as a youngster to get people to believe the outlandish stories I was telling them. Mm -hmm. I remember I had a big story going for a long time that I was from Australia (laughs) uh, during elementary school, and I was trying to speak with an accent, and I was like, oh, yeah, you know. Corky, mate. Exactly, yeah. (laughs) I think I... I think, um, uh, what's his name, uh, that got stung by... Uh, Steve Irwin. Steve yeah, Irwin. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think um, I drew my inspiration from him. From you know, him I was yeah. like, well, that really Flat out like you know. a lizard drinking. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I tried to nail the accent and everything. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I would use swear phrases like, cross my heart, hope to die, stick a needle in my eye, you know. Mm-hmm. Or I swear on everything, I'm telling the truth. And, you know, a lot of us use phrases like this and invoke such silly oaths because the stories we were telling were so far-fetched, so Mm -hmm. outlandish that they couldn't be accepted as authentic on their own, you know. Mm -hmm. They needed to be pumped up or seasoned with this swearing. And, um, you know, this this reality is really evident in our day-to-day lives as well the use of these swear phrases. Mm -hmm. I mean, people say it in conversation all the time. They say, I swear, you know, I swear Mm -hmm. this, I swear that. Mm -hmm. And in fact, you have to swear when you testify in court even. 
you must swear to tell the whole truth and nothing but the truth, so help me God. And the reason I bring all of this up is because all of this swearing assumes widespread dishonesty among mm-hmm. human beings. Yeah, The fact that we have to say it in court or that we say it casually in conversation just assumes that by nature we don't tell the truth right. and we can't be believable. Why would there need to be swearing if... <laughs> exactly. We yeah. wouldn't need it if we always told the truth. Right. But you know, this really confirms a scripture's testimony on this whole issue mm-hmm. that by nature we are not truth tellers. Mm-hmm. In fact, um, I'll ask you this question, Chris, uh, before we even get in this passage. You know, Jesus talks about the devil quite a bit, mm-hmm. but what's one way that he refers to the devil as the father of what? As the father of lies, yeah. Father of yeah, lies. he's the father of lies since he was the one who told the first lie in the beginning. Right. Well, another question related to that is whose children are we as unbelievers when we first come into the world? The devil. This is what Jesus said, too. Like uh, When he was talking to the Pharisees, you are of your father, the devil, Yeah. Uh, when, when talking about their lies and their hypocrisy. Yeah. Right, and this sheds a lot of light on this issue of swearing and not telling the truth. Right. So if the devil is the father of lies, and Mm -hmm. we come into the world as his children, well, like father, like son, you know, we we are naturally inclined to falsehood, lying and swearing, because we are the devil's children. Right. But what matters for us as believers, and, and those who believe who are listening to this podcast, is we don't belong to the devil anymore. We're, right. we're not his children. And mm-hmm. we are children of God. We're called to imitate our Heavenly Father, to mm-hmm. be like God in the right way. And this is something we are to detach ourselves from, this issue of swearing and making oaths and uh, pumping up our words with swearing in order to make them believable. We, we need to be people of integrity, keeping our words simple and few, as James tells us in this passage. And -hmm. we're going to go ahead and jump right into it. I think we've said enough introductory things. This is James 5, 12. This is the first part of verse 12. And here's what James tells us not to do. He says, But above all, my brothers, do not swear, either by heaven or by earth or by any other oath. Mm -hmm. So, very simply, James says, don't swear at all. Don't swear. And don't swear by heaven, don't swear by earth, or by any other oath that you might take. And this is a a Christian issue. He's talking to believers here. He doesn't say, but above all, everyone. He says, but above all, my brothers do not swear. Now, we need to figure out what swearing is, since that's the main issue that James talks about in this passage. So I'll ask you, Chris, uh, what do you think this means here? What is swearing in this context? Well, in this context, it really looks like swearing is making a promise and bringing someone in that has nothing really to do with it, you know, mm-hmm. as a backup, as a surety. Like, you know, I wouldn't do this, but, uh, you know, if I were to go up and tell someone a, a big fib and I say, Man, I swear to Brandon, I'm bringing you in because you're my surety. You're my backup. 
Well, there. I'm a pretty low authority, man. <laughs> right. And you're, you're a low authority. So I, that's why I wouldn't do it, of course. No. <laughs> right. Yeah. But, you know, you might not have anything to do with, with that matter, mm-hmm. or you might even be against that matter. But, you know, throwing your name in there is kind of trying to use your authority to back up whatever I'm saying. And uh, we shouldn't do that, especially when it comes to, to God. Mm-hmm. as well so either by heaven or by earth i i swear by the heavens i swear by the earth yeah. which i didn't create i swear by this i swear by that uh and that, that's something we do quite often i believe but making promises and trying to bring someone or something into it that has nothing to do with the situation at hand yeah that's really good it's basically appealing to some higher authority to make ourselves more believable right which what does that say about our character, you know, and what we're saying. Well, it really says we're not so believable if we have to appeal to something else to uh, make ourselves more trustworthy before others and what we say. Right. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much what swearing is in this context. And just to clarify, there is some legitimate swearing in the Bible. Right. There are several individuals who took oaths in scripture and it was completely justified. But Here's the bottom line. There were only special occasions in Scripture where people actually swore. Mm -hmm. And if they did, it was very serious and they were expected to keep their oaths. In fact, God speaks very sternly about this in the Old Testament. He basically says, look, if you are going to make a vow, if you are going to take an oath, like maybe in court or when you get married and you vow to love your spouse. Mm-hmm. He, he basically says in the Old Testament, you better be serious. Yeah. You, you better not do it rashly. On those mm-hmm. special occasions where you are um, expected to make oaths, uh, you better do it carefully. In fact, here's what God says in Numbers 30, verse 2. If a man vows a vow to the Lord or swears an oath to bind himself by a pledge, he shall not break his word. Mm-hmm. He shall do according to all that proceeds out of his mouth. Right. So if you vow, vow, if you make an oath, you cannot break your word. Here's another passage in Deuteronomy chapter 23, verses 21 through 23. God says, if you make a vow to the Lord your God, you shall not delay fulfilling it. For the Lord your God will surely require it of you, and you will be guilty of sin. But if you refrain from vowing, you will not be guilty of sin. Mm -hmm. You shall be careful to do what has passed your lips, for you have voluntarily vowed to the Lord your God what you have promised with your mouth. Mm -hmm. And that's a very clarifying passage there because basically God says, look, if you make a vow, don't put off fulfilling it. Mm -hmm. Fulfill it as quickly as you can, or else God will hold you to that. Right. God will hold you to it and you'll be guilty. But the, um, the great verse here is really verse 22, where it says, if you refrain from vowing, you don't have nothing to worry about. Right. If you just don't take any oaths, you won't be guilty of sin. You won't, won't have to worry about keeping those oaths and those vows. Mm-hmm. But again, on those special occasions where you have to, God says, you shall be careful to do what is past your lips. Yeah. And uh, you, you have to keep what you've promised. But... You know, we do need to remind ourselves as well that um, there were many people in the Bible who took rash vows. 
that were, were they're guilty of this exact sin that James is talking about here. You know, just swearing loosely and trying to pump up our words to make them believable. Yeah. And of course, one individual who did that in Scripture was uh, Jephthah. I know I'm mispronouncing that. One of those difficult names to pronounce. And, you know, he makes this vow in Judges 11 where he says, whatever comes out from the doors of my house to meet me when I return in peace from the Ammonites shall be the Lord's, and I will offer it up for a burnt offering. Mm -hmm. And, of course, unfortunately, we know how that story plays out. What first comes out of his doors is his own daughter, Mm -hmm. which he was then required to offer up as a burnt offering. And and the thing is, he just spoke loosely. He was yeah. trying to make himself more believable, trying to appeal to a higher authority, and he ended up paying the consequences for that. Yeah. And of course, the scripture warns us about this, uh, such as in Proverbs 20, 25. It says, It is a snare to say rashly it is holy, and mm-hmm. to reflect only after making vows. Saying it's a trap. It's a trap to do that. It's a trap to make these vows and these oaths. Yeah. And of course, as we'll get into later, even Jesus talked about this in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5. He says, look, you don't need to be doing this. Um, Mm -hmm. You don't need to bring God into your dealings when you swear by him. Uh, Pretty much what that's doing is it's lowering his nature and yours. Right. I mean... He doesn't care. (laughs) God is controlling the universe. He's sovereign on his throne. Mm -hmm. We don't need to bring him into our our oaths and and try to make ourselves more believable by appealing to him. Right. And so really, the bottom line is this. There's a lot more we could say here, but all of this is deeper than words. Mm -hmm. You know, it's this is really not about swearing and the words that we say. Right. It's about our character and integrity. What James is really getting at here is that we ought to be so trustworthy, so believable, be so full of integrity that all which is required to believe us is a simple yes or no. Mm -hmm. And that's it. And we'll get into that here in just a moment. But Chris, why don't you elaborate on this issue of swearing just a little bit more? Yeah, Uh, I think making any type of oath or any type of pledge is dangerous, even when leaving God's name out of it, just saying, I swear I'll do this, or I swear I'll yeah. do that. And uh, in, in a sense, as Christians, we still involve God in our swearing, whether we use his name or not, because the world views us uh, as Christians as little Christs. They, When they yeah. want to see Jesus, when they want to see God, and they want to blame God, they use our wrongdoings and they look at our imperfections to try and, you know, complain about God being imperfect or evil mm-hmm. because of our lack of following in his will and his wisdom and his word. So it's dangerous just to, to make pledges in general. I, I yeah. did a sermon in Proverbs chapter six, verse one through five, not long ago called dangerous promises. Mm-hmm. And here's, here's what Solomon writes. Uh, it, this is, This is a very big thing to take in. My son, if you have put up security for your neighbors, have given your pledge for a stranger, if you are snared in your words of your mouth, caught in the words of your mouth, then do this, my son, and save yourself. 
for you have come into the hand of your neighbor. Go, hasten and plead urgently with your neighbor. Give your eyes no sleep and your eyelids no slumber. Save yourself like a gazelle from the hand of the hunter, like a bird from the hand of the fowler. And there's a lot that we can go into there, but the the basic understanding we need to know is that when we make a promise, what what did Brandon just read right there that we have to keep it? Hmm. That's what we read in Numbers. That's what we read through Scripture. That if you make a pledge, you must keep it. And so, in this instance, in this context, someone's making a pledge for their neighbor, being a surety or a security, or possibly even co-signing uh, for someone. Mm-hmm. But they're they're they need to look at the gravity of the situation. Am I going to have what I need to have to uphold this pledge? Because I can't see the future. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if my finances are going to be in the shape they need to be 10 years down the road. Is that, is that pledge going to last for 10 years? And so it's dangerous in that. And what happens is, is you make that pledge, there's an understanding that you must uphold that pledge. And Solomon writes here that you need to try and get out of that in a sense, not that you break the pledge and and stop spending and then stop being the security that you've Mm -hmm. pledged to be, but that you should beg for forgiveness, that you should beg to get out of that because that's a promise that you have no idea if you can actually keep. And that as a, one of the children of God, you've got to keep it until you're released from it. And so he says, don't sleep, don't sleep, save yourself like a gazelle from the hand of the hunter, like a bird from the hand of the fowler. But it goes into this. Here's what we need to be. Instead of taking these oaths, we need to go into the next part of verse 12 here, where James writes, let your yes be yes and your no be no. That's the type of people that we should be. We should be people Mm -hmm. of our word without an oath needed. When you say that you're going to be somewhere, you don't necessarily need to say, I promise, I swear, uh, or even you need a document to sign and say, I'll be there. You should be known as a person that when they say, I'll be there, I'll do this, or I won't do that, that people know that that is true Mm -hmm. because you are a person of your word. And and that's why we should recall once more what Jesus said, uh, Brother Brandon. He referenced this passage uh, earlier, and I'll go ahead and read a few of the verses here in Matthew chapter 5, verse 36 through uh, 37 there. And it says, and do not take an oath by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. And so there we go. Not just taking an oath by God, not just saying, I swear to God or bring God into this, but even making an oath by your own means because you're not. You have no authority. You have no understanding of what's Mm -hmm. going to happen. You have no control over the situations going on here in this world. But verse 37, these are the words of our Lord that are being reiterated by James in this passage. Let what you say be simply yes or no. Anything more comes from evil. Mm. And, And so that's the type of people we need to be as Christians. People that when we say yes, we do it. When we say no, we don't do it because anything more that comes from that is, is evil. And we do this simply because God is that way. When God Mm -hmm. says yes, he does it. When God says no, he doesn't do it. 
And people can argue that sometimes, well, God made covenants, God made this. The covenant wasn't for him because we were so far fallen. We were so un, untrustworthy and, and unfaithful that we we just, we needed to be reminded of God's promise. So covenants weren't for God, covenants were for us. The rainbow wasn't so God would be like, oh, I forgot I made a promise and I'm not going to do this. The <laughs> rainbow is reminding us that, yeah. hey, God can do this, but this is God's promise to us to remind mm-hmm. us that he's never going to flood the world again in his wrath. Uh, so when we're children of God, we follow after him and God is faithful to his word and we as his children should be faithful to his word and what we say, what we what we also promote. And so if you're going to do something, if you're going to say, I'm going to do something, do it. Yeah. Do right. it. Be a person of your word. You got anything to add to that, Brother Brandon? Yeah, I think that's some powerful stuff. I mean, basically what James is saying here is um, this is the alternative, you know, don't, mm-hmm. if you don't want to take oaths or speak rashly, then just do this. Mm-hmm. Speak very few words, just a simple yes or no. And that should be it. You ought to be believable as a person of integrity. Right. And, you know, I was thinking about this uh, while you were explaining this, you know, when, when we do swear um, and we've given plenty of examples of this, it really doesn't make what we're saying more believable. Mm-hmm. It makes it more suspicious. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think so uh, too. Yeah. Because when we do that, it kind of calls into question our character. Man, I and, swear I saw the Loch Ness monster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it do, it works against you. It really mm-hmm. doesn't uh, make you more believable. It just makes it more suspicious. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, really, integrity is is the best way. It's really the best way. And there's a lot, you know, the scripture says about integrity. Of course, mm-hmm. where we need to be persons who are trustworthy and believable. Um, Here's a good one here, uh, Proverbs 10, verse 9. It says, whoever walks in integrity walks securely, mm-hmm. but he who makes his ways crooked will be found out. Yeah, that's so, actually in one of my sermons this coming Sunday. <laughs> yeah, it's a yeah. good one. It, I mean, it really sums up the benefits and blessings of integrity because basically what the writer, I believe it was Solomon here, is saying is if you just walk in integrity, you know, you, you keep all your accounts balanced and you, you live with a clean slate and a clear conscience and you're a trustworthy person. You don't have, you don't have to have any fear of exposure or embarrassment, right? You walk in security, you walk securely, but if you don't, if you make your ways crooked, as the proverb says, you will fear that embarrassment. You will be found out. You will be exposed. Right. And in fact, um, even Proverbs 28, 6 says we are really rich if we have integrity. Mm-hmm. He says, better is a poor man who walks in his integrity than a rich man who is crooked in his ways. Yeah. And so true riches in God's sight is one uh, is having integrity, possessing that. Um, it's better to have that than to... Um, have worldly riches and be crooked in our ways. Now, one final thing to uh, add here on my part is uh, James talks about the, the consequence here. 
of this swearing at the end of verse 12. And he says this, basically, don't swear, let your yes be yes, your no be no, so that you may not fall under condemnation. Mm -hmm. And so not only is this swearing a blemish on our character, but we actually fall under condemnation. Yeah. Now, what is James talking about here? Well, I think when it comes to the believer, he is speaking strongly about the believer's chastening, mm-hmm. uh, that we will be greatly chastened by God and by others when we engage in this sin of swearing. Mm-hmm. And the only reason I say that is because, like Romans 8, 1 says, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So clearly he's not saying that we fall under the wrath of God and our salvation is revoked. Um, when we swear, but there is some truth to that, especially in regards to the unbeliever. Right. And I think one thing James is saying in addition is that if this is something that marks you as a person, if you can never tell the truth, if you are constantly reverting to lying and swearing and making oaths, you may not possess true faith at all. Yeah. Yeah. Those things may be symptoms of a disease. Mm-hmm. They may be signs of an unbelieving heart, one that hasn't yet been changed by the gospel. Right. And that's why I think James indeed uses this strong term of condemnation, because if this is something you are constantly guilty of and you've never repented of it, then you may be under God's condemnation. Mm-hmm. You may be under his wrath at this present moment. and. Mm-hmm. If so, if you've never trusted in Christ to be your Savior, if you see um, a life of sin um, evident all around you and you've never come to Christ to be cleansed and changed, we want to encourage you to do that today as you're listening. Right. Uh, Realize that you're a sinner and realize that what Christ did on the cross for you is enough for your salvation Mm -hmm. and then call on his name in faith to be saved. Right. And you won't have to worry about being under God's condemnation. Yeah. And taking it a step further, too, in in this understanding of condemnation, not just God's condemnation, but just think of how many problems arise from making promises. And uh, if you know anything about promises, promises are made to be broken. Uh, and, And so what happens when you break these promises in this world not only are you under God's condemnation, God's correction, mm-hmm. but you've got a lot of problems you got to deal with here in this world yeah. when you break promises. So, right. so essentially following this wisdom given to James by Christ will keep you from falling, will keep you from stumbling, will keep you from undue hardship due to these broken promises mm-hmm. or these hard-to-keep oaths that we make. And it's hard to be mad at someone that never makes promises it just keeps their word, right? Yeah, right. And so it's hard to get under any type of condemnation from the world, uh, hard to fall into any problems or, or uh, division in this world when you are someone that is, this is a term we use throughout all scripture, above reproach. Yeah. Uh, in, in Colossians chapter 1, verse 22 through 23. And you who once were alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds. And remember, you know, when you make these promises, that's that's found in evil let, rather than letting your yes be yes and your no be no. Uh, he has now reconciled in his body of 
flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. And so uh, that that's what Paul's writing is. That's what Christ did in our lives. We were once lost and dead in our sins. We were sons of disobedience. We belonged to our father, the devil, the father of lies. And that's when we have to make these oaths to sound more truthful. But now that we belong to Christ, we are above reproach. Our words should speak for itself as we live out our word, as we follow in the footsteps of Christ. And when Christ said he was going to do something, he didn't have to sign a bunch of legal documents yeah, or right. do a dance and convince you uh -huh. and, uh, or cross my heart and hope to die, stick a needle in my eye. He mm -hmm. said, I've come for a purpose. The Son of Man has come into this world not to condemn it, but to save it. I'm going to die on the cross. I'm going to rise again. I'm coming back. And all of these promises, all these things that we see are promises that we can take to the bank, not in the sense that he had to say, I swear I'm going to do this. He said, I'm going to do it. Mm -hmm. He did it. And we know further that when he says, I'm coming back for us because of his track record, because of him keeping his word and letting his yes be yes and no be no, we know that we know that we know that Jesus will one day return for us. And so it's important to take this this piece of advice, this wisdom uh, from from James here, and not to make frivolous oaths and mm -hmm. just let our words speak for themselves and let our yes be yes and our no be no so that we might not fall under the correction of God or the correction of this world. So. Amen. Yeah, and uh, I think a good ending here would be to read the message translation of this. Uh, sometimes the message translation is a little funny, but sometimes it sums it up well. Um, the message in James 5, 13 says this, Just say yes or no. Just say what is true. That way, your language can't be used against you. Right. And, uh, and that'll do it for our discussion of swearing and... Uh, Basically, we just need to be honest. We need to tell the truth. We need to be people of integrity. And let's pray now for God's grace to help us in that regard. Mm -hmm. Our Father, we thank you for this insightful study of your word. We thank you for telling us the truth and being straightforward and direct with us. And we just pray that we might be people known for our honesty, our truthfulness, and that we might be people who keep our word. Uh, help us to glorify you in our speech and in our integrity and to be Christ-like. And Father, we pray that you might empower all of our listeners to be Christ-like as well as we try to live for Jesus 168 hours a week. We thank you for all your blessings and pray these things in the name of Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Faith 168 Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving a review on whatever streaming platform you are using. If you have a prayer request or have a topic that you would like us to cover, message us on the Faith 168 Podcast Facebook page, and we will see you in 168 hours.